Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Morning Prayers. This morning's Psalter reading will be Psalm 40, found on page 20 in your Black Appleton Psalter. Please rise as you are able. We will read responsibly by whole verse. I waited patiently for you, O God. You stooped to me and heard my cry. You lifted me up out of the desolate out of my prayer You set my feet upon a high cliff and made my footing sure. You put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many shall see and stand in awe and put their trust in you. In sacrifice and offering you take no pleasure. You have given me ears to hear you. Burn In the roll of the book it is written concerning me. I love to do your will, O oh my God. Your law is deep in my heart. I Righteousness have I not hidden in my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your deliverance. I have not concealed your love and faithfulness from the great congregation. You are the Holy One. Do not withhold your compassion from me. Let your love and your faithfulness keep me safe forever. Amen.
This summer, my family and I had a chance to visit several cities in Europe. We started in Florence, Italy. There's so many wonderful things about traveling, stepping outside of our routines and comfort zones, meeting people with different perspectives, eating different foods, learning about different cultures, seeing unusual art and landscapes, visiting museums and historical sites, and having the opportunity to compare the past with the present, and to think about why people did what they did at key moments in history. We saw so much beauty in Florence, the birthplace of the Renaissance. Nothing prepares you for the first time you walk into the Academy of Arts Central Hall and encounter the creative intensity of Michelangelo's 17-foot David, or for Da Vinci's Annunciation, or the sheer scale of the Duomo's Brunelleschi's 15th century feet of architectural wonder. I had seen some of these sites before in photographs, but during this visit, as I looked at them through the lens at all that has happened in our country in the past few months, even these places of immense beauty seem to have a haunting quality. At the Academy of Art, for example, the statue of David occupies the central hall where the Academy houses the objects that represent the height of the Renaissance, while the rest of the collection, the wings and upper floors, visitors are told, chronicles the subsequent decades, quote, considered to be one of steady decline in Florence. Of course, the reality of what happened in Renaissance Florence was complex, but I couldn't stop thinking about how the end of the Renaissance marked an end of a period when individuals like Michelangelo and da Vinci represented a new type of thinking, one that valued individual creativity and believed in an earthly future. They saw their work as part of a human project that existed in their mind first and then in the material world, including masterpieces like the Pitti Palace or public works such as town centers that took more than a century to build in Florence. It was a time when societies and their leaders were thinking multi-generationally, investing resources that would benefit future generations. They were planting trees whose shade they themselves would never enjoy. Right now, it's easy to see our own society as having entered a period of decline and to worry that we are no longer acting as stewards for our future generations. Indeed, there's no shortage of parallels being drawn these days between our current challenges and the fates of any number of earlier societies. It's hard to avoid these parallels when our polity takes on the character of a reality TV show that insults the intelligence of its people. We have to see these parallels and we have to learn from them. But we cannot give in to the resignation that comes with making these comparisons. We are not at the end of anything right now. We are in the middle of something. It is a difficult time, but we have to be hopeful. My colleague, Rosabeth Moss Cantor, once said, everything looks like a mess in the middle. Every day over these past few months, even as bad news seems to accumulate, as we've heard even more this morning about natural disasters and so many people being threatened. I've been heartened by the people who are fighting to preserve our democratic institutions and looking out for each other. The civic leader and philanthropist John Gardner once said, a nation is never finished. You can't build it and then leave it standing as the pharaohs did the pyramids. It has to be built and rebuilt. It has to be recreated in each generation by believing men and women. This is certainly true of Florence, which has been rebuilt many times since the Renaissance. Right now, Florence itself is being revitalized, 
As a result of migration and immigration, Florence is renewing again. Its skyline not only has centuries-old cathedrals, but is dotted with innovative architecture that integrates old and new materials together. Along with its winding narrow streets, a new energy-efficient public rail system is almost complete. And because of the European Union and migration, new citizens from different backgrounds and ethnicities are the new Florentines. For centuries, the cities of the world have been rebuilt and recreated by new generations. We need to think of rebuilding not just as something we do after something has been destroyed. Rather, rebuilding is something we must do constantly, both as a nation and within our own institutions. As we begin a new academic year, I've been thinking about how Harvard must rebuild, how we must constantly guard against the forces of hubris and complacency often associated with organizations that have experienced success over long periods of time. If we are willing to do the work of renewing, of preserving what should be preserved, and rebuilding what has outlived its purpose, Harvard's future is limitless. Each year, our incoming students, our new faculty, and our staff set this process of rebuilding in motion. They come here with clear eyes, and in their questions, we have to question what we take for granted. In our speeches, in our convocations, in our morning prayers, we are not only sharing our purpose, but reminding ourselves of our purpose. Institutional renewal is not a task for those who seek instant gratification. But if we're willing to do the hard work, it is within us. When asked about how he carved an angel out of the marble, Michelangelo replied, I saw the angel in the marble and carved until I set him free. Today, I want to imagine Harvard in 2036 when we celebrate our 400th anniversary. I wonder what it would look like if we were part of a 21st century American Renaissance that helped renew our world. What is our vision for that Harvard? How will we create it? It's time to start carving. Please join me in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Please stand as you are able for the singing of our hymn, This is my song, O God of all the nations, number 29 in your hymnal, number 29.
now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with loving kindness and grant you peace. Amen. Amen.